What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to the challenge historian, where we dive deep into all things the challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the challenge universe, then I am here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollibaugh. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me today. On today's podcast, I am just popping in real, real quick because we had a huge occasion last Wednesday night. That was the challenge documentary, the challenge untold history, aka the challenge doc. That's how it's being referred to. That's how I'm likely going to continue referring to it. The first two episodes debuted on Wednesday. I'm here to just pop in, give a quick little recap, a couple quick thoughts about what we saw and what we maybe will see in the next couple of weeks. We will, of course, be covering all six episodes as we see them. We've got two more weeks of two episodes a week of this challenge doc before we roll right on in to season 38. Before we do our little recap, a couple quick programming reminders. First and foremost, the Island Rewatch Series. That The Rewatch Series was back. The Island posted on Monday with Paige. A lot of great feedback and commentary from that. If you have not listened, go give that one a listen. A controversial season, an important season, an interesting season. We talked about it all. Go check that out. Then this last Wednesday, the Challenge USA Full Season Recap and Awards. That is out as well. The last time... That will be dedicating an entire podcast to anything from that season. We wrapped the whole thing up. We handed out our awards, the MVP, the whole lot. So that's there for you. This is obviously today. Next week, we will have the Duel 2 recap on Monday. What a season. Love, 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 love that season. Loved getting to talk about it. So that's going to be coming out on Monday. Season 38 preview on Wednesday. The big preview two weeks out from the actual premiere of this season. We will have your full season preview on Wednesday. And then next Friday, we'll be back with another quick one, just like today, talking about the documentary with the Fresh Meat 2 rewatch then on the following Monday, which means, yes, we are skipping the ruins for now. Maybe totally during the rewatch series. It's not exactly my favorite season to cover, but also mostly because we will have just filmed and recorded the Fresh Meat 2 recap, and I will be away all next weekend, so my time is limited to get the Ruins one in there. So we might go out of order for the first time ever. You might be getting that. But a lot's coming either way. Hit that follow, subscribe button. You won't miss a thing. As for today, as for right now, let's get to the doc. I'm going to start with some thoughts that I had going in. I didn't preview this in any way at all. I'm not exactly going to do some big preview now. You've likely already watched the first two episodes, but give a couple thoughts of where I was at going in, what I was looking for, then a rundown of some of the real positives from these first two episodes, some things I really, really liked, and then finish it up with some critiques, some things I maybe didn't like, and some hopes for the next four episodes, some things I would love to get to see that I'm hoping we will see in the next two weeks over the course of the next four episodes. So got three sections for you in and out real quick. Thoughts on the challenge untold history. Let's go. Thoughts headed into this challenge documentary. So it's been a couple months, uh, like three or four months since we found out that this was happening, or at least officially found out. We had heard some rumors before. They filmed a lot of this, you know, over last winter, um, all the interviews and things like that. This has been in the works for a while, uh, pending what spoiler accounts you do or don't follow. You may have known about it sooner than myself or others, but it became very official around the time they announced the Challenge USA, and that was getting set to premiere, you know, what? 
is now, you know, what's that, 11, 12 weeks ago it premiered. So, you know, 16 weeks ago, is that four months, whatever it was, we found out in the spring that this was happening. It was very exciting, very much had been looking forward to it the whole time. And as it got closer and closer, I became a little more skeptical, a little more nervous as I want to do of all things documentary or, you know, untold history style. Um, but I'm a historian, so obviously I'm thrilled about this for, for a bunch of reasons. One, it's it's so deserved. It's deserved 10 times over, obviously goes without saying this franchise. You know, there's a reason myself and so many others who are obsessed with this stuff, talk about this stuff all the time, have podcasts about this stuff, write about this stuff, whatever. There's so much to cover. It's so deserving of the coverage it gets. And it's so deserving to of a fandom, so deserving of us, all of us fans, to get more and more and more of the story of the behind the scenes of the how did this actually come to be. It's, it's a juggernaut. It's a franchise that's been running longer than any other reality competition franchise ever has before or probably ever will um given the state of you know new things starting up today don't i don't see any other show popping up nowadays that's going to last for 25 plus years and you know 40 plus seasons and still going strong still looking like you know i have no reason to believe we're not going to see another 40 seasons of some version of the challenge whether it's obviously you know maybe not the flagship but uh, something of it so it deserved it 10 times over obviously that's the easiest part i also i wanted behind the scenes info i was very excited to find out as again someone who wants to be a historian of this show this is the type of content i want this is the type of behind the scenes things that i'm hoping in my time studying and covering this show to eventually work my way into getting to talk to some of the people who are behind this very show who have been a part of this show on the production side the entire run of the franchise and get some of this you know, behind the scenes stuff. How did this actually happen? How were certain decisions made? What were different passes could have went down? All kinds of things like that. And the final thing that I was, you know, made me really hopeful and thrilled that this was happening was I was hopeful that they would really shine a light on some people that deserved it, both cast members and production people who we should know and thank more often than we do, um, which we will get back to that thought in a while. Now, there was a big but for me coming into this, though. The big but was, I was thrilled, but I'm not always a big fan of the people who did the thing making the documentary about the thing, if that makes sense. Now, this has become a very big trend in recent years, most notably with a lot of musicians. There have been a handful of you know Netflix documentaries of like Taylor Swift's documentary, made by Taylor Swift, Sean Mendez's documentary made by Sean Mendez and his team and like things of that nature. And when those happen, those, you know, those aren't documentaries to me. Those are much more, they're borderline like infomercials or they're just like really great social content that they turned into a 90 minute, you know, documentary quote unquote that they put on Netflix. They're amazing. I love them. I watch all of them. I think we learn a lot from them, but when it's produced by the person who is the you know, the star of the thing, who it's about, that obviously comes with a big lens on. It's what they want to put out there. It's what they want you to see, what the story they want to tell about the things that have happened to them. And that's all well and good. It's just something you have to know going in that, you know, 
I don't necessarily think the word documentary is exactly right for that compared to what the you know classical term of documentary means. It has been for a very, very long time of people from the outside going into something, investigating it, and bringing everyone else on the outside the story that they can dig up, the information they can dig up, the real, you know, without as, as little a bias as possible. Now, obviously, then you may be having a, different, a bias of a different kind in that lens, but you get what I'm kind of saying. It's still great. This version works way better. Uh, you know, this this version, the challenges version of it, it works way better than like the musicians I just referenced doing it or other untold history style docs, untold history. I don't know if it, this is from the same company who has done some with the same name on different networks up to and including a couple recent Netflix ones where... Uh, I haven't been exactly thrilled with the results of, and we've learned that maybe they haven't always been the most truthful or honest or, uh, you know, truthful is the right word, truthful stories being told on the untold histories. Uh, so I don't know if the same companies behind every one of these that uh, t- uses that moniker or if that's just a, g- more, a generic enough moniker that anyone can use it. Obviously, the challenge and Buna Murray's production is behind this in a big, big way. I don't know if they're co-producing with others. Regardless, they should have maybe just called it something different, but that's also why untold history works so perfectly for this specific one. If I remove what I think of other things that have used that moniker before, I love, I like that this isn't the challenge documentary. This is the challenge untold history. And maybe I and others should stop calling it like a straight up documentary. If I am one of the ones who am like, it's slightly adjacent to a documentary. If it's the people doing it, making it, but I digress. That was one of the things that kind of had me slightly worried was just, what you know what lens were we going to be seeing this from and that led me to doubting if they would get into some of the things that I would be most interested in learning through a documentary about the challenge and the history of it and how it was built up and how it was run and how they made decisions. Those things being, I talk about all the time, walking that fine line of reality TV of wanting drama, wanting messy, wanting fights, but not wanting to cross it in this show being one of many of pretty much any of them that have run for many, many seasons that has at times crossed that kind of moral line of, ugh, this one went too far. Shit. We wanted to get up close to that, but now someone's gone over it. And now what do we do? How do we handle this situation? How do we handle this person? That stuff. Those are some of the most, you know, they're some of the most unfortunate, obviously incidents that have happened in challenge history, but they're also the most interesting for like, how did you handle that? How do you learn from that? How do you walk that line as a hit reality television franchise? What, how do you work around that? How do you cast for that? All that, everything about that. It's why I bring it up all the time is because it is fascinating to me how they do that and how we as fans consume that and root for that subconsciously, unconsciously sometimes and all of that. Dealing with the times when things go really bad with cast interactions. I was hoping maybe they would really, you know, get into that, but I doubted that they actually would. I doubted that, you know, they would talk that much about doing the same thing over and over, repeating the same style season versus trying new things. They did get into that a little bit this episode, and we'll talk again at the end, maybe hoping for some more of that. But going in, I had my doubts, I had my reservations, but in general, I was super duper excited about the prospects of this in general. Obviously, it's more challenge-related content. I'm gonna eat it all up. I'm gonna love it no matter what it is, whatever it's the best version of itself, the worst version of itself. I'm still gonna love the worst version of itself, and that will take me to actual takeaways from episodes one and two, which guess what? I had so much fun. It was so great. I loved every second of it. And it doesn't mean I, it doesn't come without some critiques. We'll get to those, but 
they succeeded. If the goal was just have fun uh, then and people like it, then guess what? They succeeded with the goal. And I want to start with the positives first because there was a lot of them. There was a lot of really, really great things. I want to just run through episode one, episode two, all the positive things, maybe just saying this was cool. Others I might have a comment on. And then once we get through all the positive, then we'll go to the critique side and then move into hopes for the next couple of episodes as well on the positive side. So again, just highlight level, loved it, thought it was fun. So great to see some of the people involved. Some of the stories were really, really great. Some of the unseen footage was really, really great. The whole thing, start to stop, was thrilled for two straight hours, loved every second of it. So at a high level, just absolutely knocked it out of the park. So much fun. Positives of episode one, bullet point list. Love that they included the real world and road rules at the beginning. I know that just wasn't something I was thinking of. It seems so obvious. It feels like they, they couldn't have done it any other way. But in the moment when they start, and I'm like, oh yeah, duh, they're gonna, they're gonna kind of, they're gonna at least give us something on like, here's how we started the real world and here's how we started road rules. It makes total sense, but I wasn't thinking about it and I loved getting to see it. Loved that they gave the shout out to John Brennan and his cast members on Real World LA doing the trip across the country when they went to pick him up and drive him to LA, that that was the inspiration for Road Rules. John has talked about that a bunch on different podcast interviews he's done. He has mess I've messaged with him about his time on the show and the challenge and everything and he has mentioned, you know, I was one I was a part of the inspiration for Road Rules. That's a true OG right there and I'm glad that they kind of mixed that in same with loved that they gave all the credit to the multiple times the road rules real world cast cross paths in the early days and that we got to learn a little bit more about that especially with those seasons obviously you know being long gone from anywhere that we can stream uh the road rules ones for sure i don't know how far i don't know how far real world goes back on paramount plus i'm guessing not all the way to the beginning but uh maybe i'm maybe i'm wrong about that have no idea but um, I do know that it's kind of hard to come across some of this footage or some of these stories. Uh, there's folks like Cyrus has been great about, you know, he was a part of one of these times they crossed paths. They played each other when Boston versus Road Rules Islands was a thing uh, and getting to hear that backstory, but giving more light to this wasn't just out. Of, we had these two shows and out of nowhere, we moved into this new third show. It was an actual progression and a like, let's try this little thing. And now that little thing kind of became a seed and sprouted up. And now suddenly we're like, wait a minute, that worked really, really well as like a one off episode crossover thing. But what if we just did that for a whole season? What if that was the whole point of the whole thing? That was really, really amazing. Loved learning about all of that. Veronica and the Miz being heavily spotlighted, heavily, you know, used as the kind of voice of, you know, the middle of this whole first episode. Most of it is kind of like Veronica centric or as the main interviewee who they're using snippets of her interview from. And then the Miz after that, that felt very, very right. I've said over and over again, and I will always say, um, you know, from doing this rewatch and from having watched it originally when I was growing up, Veronica was the first face of the franchise. She was the first ever challenge star. I stand by that. I think that is just unequivocally true. It's not really up for debate. Um, and it feels like they obviously felt that way too. That's not just me retroactively being like, who was the star of the first 10 seasons? Well, I guess it's her. It's like, no, they clearly in the moment felt that way. And it was very good to have her front and center as the voice of like, let as they get into challenge 2000 and, and uh, battle the seasons. And how did this thing become a real thing? She was there for all of it. She was kind of at the front 
and center of all of it. That felt right. Same with the Miz. Uh, obviously, it would have been great if it was Miz and Coral. Who knows if they asked Coral to be involved with this incredibly busy woman, uh, not as much in the challenge world, but her and Miz go hand in hand in their experiences on this show and then what they did, what they, how they elevated this show, how they changed this show. So he and Veronica, the two of them kind of being the two most, you know, most prevalent cast members in this first episode as they walked through a bunch of this, that made perfect sense. And I loved that. And I thought that was spot on correct. They did the hur- big hurricane coverage. They covered did a full segment on the hurricane for Battle of the Seasons, the party that took place during it. That, you know, huge, huge moment in my books for the show from the actual just the episodes that we get to see. And obviously it was a massive moment behind the scenes of like, holy cow, we tried to put them in a house for the first time ever. And now a hurricane rolls in and washes the houses away essentially and derails this entire season. We used to only have 12 people. This is the first time we brought 32 plus hosts plus this, that, and the other. There's a baby here and now there's a hurricane and how, how horrible of timing for this to have happened anytime, but let alone this season when they're trying to do all this new stuff. It was great that they chose to, you know, go a little bit behind the scenes with some of that, give some real coverage to that. Uh, quick, one of the smallest little notes of the whole episode that I just found, it just warmed my heart and was just fascinating to find out. Uh, Gus Kenworthy from Champs vs. Pros, uh, which I guess I'm going to have to mention. I'm guessing they're going to end up having that in the next few episodes of this. But the fact he pops up and you're like, whoa, okay, they're already they're throwing a, a Champs vs. Pros kind of kind of person in here. But then it's because Gus worked at the ice cream shop in Telluride, Colorado, where they filmed the gauntlet and did a daily challenge at was there when Johnny Mosley and the cast showed up. And that was huge for Gus, young skier looking up to Olympic skier. Then Gus becomes Olympic skier later in his life. That was just a fun little side tidbit that I was like, that's, that's the kind of stuff that a show like this can also reveal of like these random connections, these random, when something's been in the world, in the pop culture for 25 years and going, this is the kind of stuff that can happen. And it's very, very cool that we got a little moment of that. Then the best segment of the whole show of episode one, that is the Veronica, Rachel, Tina segment talking about how they got labeled mean girls, but that wasn't very fair. And just, you know, they were just three strong-minded women standing up for themselves. Love that segment. Those three deserve, I mean, I would watch if they were just like, hey, this, this challenge documentary series is 20 episodes long. In the first, there's two episodes that are just about this trio um, those might be my favorite two episodes. I'm there for it. So they they very deserved that they got that little segment. Um, and we'll come back to that segment again uh, in some of our critiques because it did kind of also, at the same time of being amazing, it highlighted a little bit or one of my biggest critiques um, from these first two episodes. But on to the positives for the episode two. Before we go to the critiques, let's talk more positive. Let's stay positive as long as we can because there's a lot more to do. Now, that was episode one. Let's do episode two. They started with the Paul Walker quote, and uh, I about teared up. Um, if you don't know, uh, I'll fill you in. I once wrote a book about the Fast and the Furious movie franchise. Paul Walker is very near and dear to my heart. Is uh, one of the people I absolutely looked up to as a young kid and loved apps. Just loved, loved, loved the death. And so uh, they brought in a Paul Walker quote. Uh, May he rest in peace. Uh, to start the challenge documentary episode two off with. And I was already in my feelings very, very heavily. And then 
they go with the full TJ Lavin segment. And I'm just going to steal from uh, my guy, Scott Yeager over, you know, challenge mania, Scott, who tweeted out exactly what uh, I thought about this part. The whole show was worth it just for the TJ segment that the whole entire six episodes, the rest of it could be pure hot garbage and it wouldn't matter. It would have been totally worth it and do it 10 times over just for the segment on TJ. TJ is such a legend and, I feel like it has been a little bit lost because we had so much time removed from it. In the moment, it was a huge deal. All of Challenge fandom was, you know, right there rooting for TJ's recovery for him to just to live through this horrific accident he went through. Um, And I'm glad, you know, years removed from that now that we're so far down the line. I guess not that far down the line, but, you know, a decade plus after it happened, it feels like we kind of we kind of forget that there's a reason why TJ is such a legend uh, for, and there's way more to it than just like, he was an incredibly good BMX rider and he's, you know, he's been the host of the season, the show for so long that we all love him. It's like, no, he stands for a whole lot. He's gone through a whole lot. And this whole segment about his recovery um, was, was just incredible and just really, really, really heartwarming and inspiring and wonderful. And I thought was the perfect way to open an episode of one of these shows to really, and is one of the ones that if I was just going to share anything with a non-challenge fan about this show, and especially right now, today, in this current moment, when we're coming off a challenge CBS season and the first time the challenge was on CBS and people, maybe, you know, some new fans coming and comparing this to other shows and comparing TJ as a host to other hosts and things like that. I've even done some of it myself. Um, for those who are newer to the challenge world to understand and know why we love TJ so much, why he means so much to this world and why he is the perfect person to be the host of this show and to be able to have the opinions he does and the authority he does and the respect he does from the cast and the fans and everyone else. This segment on him was just flawless and perfect and I loved it and I love him and it was amazing. Loved every single thing about it. It was my favorite part of these first two episodes. It'll probably end up being my favorite part of the whole thing just because TJ's a legend and uh, it really, really hit hard. And especially, you know, the the footage, the like behind the scenes footage of them actually shooting him coming out on Rivals the first time and him, you know, the 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 behind the same behind the scenes footage of him saying, you know, like, yeah, I'm a little tired when when I get tired, my words start to slur, but I'm good. And, you know, the cast asking him, how are you? And he's like, you know, I'm good. I'm here. It's all that matters. And like, uh, just uh, if I w- if I wasn't tearing up over the Paul Walker quote, which I may be the only one who can just see a quote by him and tear up, I'm sure everyone else was right there with me at damn near, if not actually getting a little teary-eyed, misty-eyed during this segment. Then a couple other positives from the second episode. Meeting a bunch of the production team, super duper cool. Loved everything about that. I want to see more of the people behind this. The only one's name we really know is Justin Booth. We hear his name a decent amount. We hear Julie Pizzi's name. Uh, Julie, I, I apologize if I'm pronouncing your last name wrong. I'll just go with Julie from now on just so I don't. But uh, those are kind of the only two we really hear um, often or really, you know, if you're not watching the credits super hard, we know Mary Ellis Bunham, Jonathan Murray, Bunham Murray, but we and maybe we know Justin Booth, but we don't know as many people behind the scenes. So getting to meet three or four different people that have been there at different lengths of time, uh, that was really great. And I hope we get you know more and more from them. I'm more interested really in hearing stuff about them and the actual behind the scenes and how this show was made than than I am really about actually even hearing from the cast members talk about it because we've got a lot of avenues to talk, to hear from those cast members. You know, uh, I've heard from a lot of them. Um, we've we've gotten a lot of their stories, and while. I I want that too. I'm I'm almost more interested in the production side of like 
I want the like how this was made style stuff, which is great. And we got a lot of it here. Um, the War of the Worlds washout story, for instance, was just incredible. The whole the whole elimination arena being washed out and them having to rebuild it in a couple days, but coming up with something they could do in that short time frame that ended up being what Justin Booth says is the best he's ever seen, the best elimination, the killing floor as it was known. And I don't totally disagree with him. It is it was incredibly badass. And I couldn't believe seeing this story of being like it was one of the biggest like holy shit, that really happened moments of these first two episodes of like, if you would have just said War of the Worlds won, the Elimination Arena, what'd you think of it? I'd be like, yeah, pretty epic, pretty awesome. One of the best we've ever had. I'd be like, well, guess what? We made that in 48 hours after the first one washed away. That's insane. That's the type of stuff I'm looking to find out from this thing. Landon, Leroy, and Tyler all being interviewed made me really, really, really happy. Um, you know, the people they choose to interview for this. And then the, the interview clips they actually use to help tell the story they're trying to tell. Uh, you know, some people might get interviewed and then not even get used in the thing, depending on what they need and what they don't need. But it made me so, so happy that those three in particular were used in this episode. Seeing Landon in anything challenge related made me so happy. Seeing Tyler on there, uh, the continued redemption for production of never calling Tyler Duckworth back after Rivals again by getting him on All-Stars a couple times, having him be involved in this. Thank you for getting it right, what you got wrong so many years ago. And then the spotlight being on Rivals more than anything else, and then Dirty 30 and War of the Worlds as well. That that felt right. They're talking evolutions. This whole second episode was about evolutions. Those as inflections point. That really Really worked for me, really um, was the, the right call. Rivals is the season. I mean, they sh- they could very much, I mean, this episode almost was like just about Rivals, like two-thirds of it. They kept going and back to it over and over. But if they just did a full you know, hour or two hours on just that single season, I'm all in. I would watch that, and I think there's more than enough to fill that amount of time. So that is all the positives. Let's move to a couple of the critiques. We we just got to start here. There's there's a bunch of people that I'd obviously there's so many people that deserve to be involved in this project. Um, they're not all going to get to be involved in this project. There's so many OGs. There's so many legends of this game. There's so many amazing cast members over the years. It's not like they're going to have you know a uh, hundred different people talking for this that are going to get their moment on screen to tell this story or that story. It's not going to happen. I get that. You can't have everyone be involved. I understand. You know who you can have involved, though? Cara Maria. How is Cara Maria the greatest female competitor of all time in this show? The One of the greatest, second greatest story arc in the history of the show, and I'm only putting her behind CT's story arc um, in the history of this show, and even then I put them kind of up next to neck. They're tier one of actual, like, we took someone, brought them into the show as this person. They then became this person by the end of the time on their show or still ongoing for one of these two people. It should be ongoing for both, but greatest arc we've ever seen best female competitor we've ever seen absolute badass first ballot hall of famer the face of the franchise for a long long time she isn't there and she's not there which is one thing just to have not have her be involved in get interviewing her for this but if she's not going to be there then maybe don't bring her up more than anyone else in the whole thing because then it's very obvious that she's not there laurel talks about her at length they do a fresh meet like you know, big time people from the fresh meat and it's Laurel easy and DM, which two of those three absolutely deserve. I love easy to death, but if they're just going to be like, you know, we did fresh meat and it brought in all these amazing personalities and not mention a Cara Maria, let alone, you know, an Evelyn or a 
Carly or others. Um, you know, that doesn't doesn't sit with me, but Laurel talks about her. They show the clip of, of Cara Maria getting soda on her head, discuss that, but she doesn't get to be a part of that discussion. She is easily the most shown cast member in all of episode two. There's so many clips of just her, but they're all from the show. And again, this, this episode, episode two, was about evolution of the show. She evolved more than anyone in the history of this show from when she started to when she ended on the show or most recently ended because, again, bring her back. So how is the episode about evolution where she is shown more than anyone else? She is not a part of it, actively interviewed for it. That doesn't make sense for me, as does just if we're going to do six episodes and there's no Cara Maria interview or involvement and she is the one of the you know Mount Rushmore-esque faces of this franchise, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, to ever play the game or be have a story arc in this show. It doesn't make any sense. And then the final part that blows my mind is Polly is here, which I'm thrilled about. I love Polly. I, I, I ride so hard for Cara and Polly both to be back on the show. It makes no sense that they haven't been cast again on this show, especially for season 38, Ride or Dies, but that's neither here nor there. What is here on my television screen is Polly, and so Polly pops up, and I'm like, oh, this is amazing. Glad they got him. Obviously, Cara is going to pop up any second now. Any second now. Where's Cara? You, you got Polly? So so Cara, Cara knows, right? Cara, you, you talked to Cara. You asked, is she busy? And I don't know. I, I have no idea. I haven't. I haven't checked. Uh, done a little dive of you know her, her social or anything. If anyone's asked her, or if she's talked about it all, whether she was or wasn't, whether maybe she very well may be a part of the next four episodes. I damn sure hope that she is. But it's a little odd that Polly is and Kara's not. And it's just odd in general that Kara is not has not been present on this and seems like maybe isn't going to be present. Because if she if she was interviewed, I don't know how she wouldn't have been used in this episode where all this footage of her was used. Moving on to the second critique. Kim Kardashian being a part of it and the other celebrity commentators, Jake Johnson uh, and his screenwriter buddy whose name I'm is escaping right now. I apologize to him. But uh, a couple things on the celebrity contributions to this. First off, the trailer tricked us again. They did it again. The editing in the trailers can never, ever be trusted ever again because I went into this very offended, literally offended by the fact that Kim Kardashian was going to be a part of this because in the trailer, they insinuate, they have Kim saying, I saw something to the effect of the paraphrase of what she said in the trailer was, I saw this and I was obsessed. And it, the trailer uses it to be like, wait, so Kim Kardashian is obsessed with the challenge? You've got to be kidding me, right? There's no way. I'd feel like I would know about that. I feel like it would be a big, big deal. Like Rihanna watched the show one season or something or made one comment about it ever, and it was like the biggest deal in the whole freaking world that maybe Rihanna watched the challenge, right? So Kim Kardashian would have been the same thing. The trailer faked us out because Kim Kardashian, actually, when we see that clip in real time in the full context of what she says, is that she loved the real world as a kid and was obsessed with it and that it inspired her, was one of the many things that inspired her to want to live a life on camera, wanted to be a reality star, and guess what? That checks out, and guess what? That's interesting, and that makes total sense, and that the, that connection, and that's really powerful to talk about the brand that the real world was, that it's being a part of inspiring the next generation of superstar reality titans who became you know the most famous woman in the world, arguably. So that made total sense. I was like, okay, great. That's wonderful. Then we get to episode two, and she's back, and she's talking about the challenge a bunch, and I'm like, I don't think you know anything about the challenge. I don't think you watched the challenge. I think you watched the real world and were obsessed with the real world while you were a kid. I don't think you've watched watched the challenge ever, um, certainly not in a very, very long time. I think now 
they're just continuing to use you to be able to like the credibility and the popularity of like, maybe she'll share these clips on her social media, which I get from the business side of it. And again, I get the first time, the first episode, Kim Kardashian appearance. I'm like, you tricked me in the trailer, but that makes total sense. And that make, and you should have this, this should be a part of this. This is interesting and impactful episode two, not so much. And then on the, you know, Jake Johnson and that other screenwriter whose name I forget and feel horrible for, um, I love, I love their commentary in this. Um, but does it actually add something, uh, to it that like having a super fan or maybe, I don't know, a super commentator, like someone like someone who calls himself a challenge historian maybe uh, would be able to say the same things and like does their celebrity add something to this that I'm missing because uh, I'm not sure that it does so uh, it's great but you know I'm, I'm thrilled to find out they're super big challenge fans would love to chat it up with Jake Johnson about uh, the challenge he's really cool really wonderful guy but uh, I'm just thinking maybe this was a spot where they could have brought some people from the fandom community or media community into this world um, and, and didn't. So it just it just didn't totally make sense to me. I wasn't against it, but I definitely wasn't for it. Other big critique then, third and final one, they really glossed over the deep stuff that I wanted to get the commentary on. And this is the biggest critique of all it's it's as i said at the beginning it was my kind of doubt going in was that they would go deep on some of these harder issues and topics and moments in challenge history i said earlier the veronica rachel tina segment was amazing but that also was the moment where i'm like oh yeah we're gonna we're gonna touch the surface of this of this you know dynamic of like they talk about the gender dynamics in the house in the early days of the show I wanted to go deeper into that. I want a real story, and I'm glad that Veronica and Rachel and Tina get to have a comment or two about like, hey, like we held our held it down for us and for the rest of the women on the cast, and it was good and great that they got to get that moment into this show. But I wanted more of that. I wanted a little more in-depth discussion of of how those things went over the years, how the gender dynamics specifically in the show, you know, went the good and the horrible, how they handled it, how they thought about it. I didn't expect we would get it and we didn't. And so moments like that, while I was like, I loved that little segment we got, I just wished that that, you know, two minutes that you just gave us, that was kind of high level surface was like, what if we went for 20 minutes and actually talked about this and reckoned with a little bit of it. And, you know, things like the fact that they literally did a segment on the island. Um, and it's just to find out that, like, yeah, Johnny was sneaking some food or that they all, like, went and, you know, raided production's camp one night, which is interesting and really funny and cool and, and you know, like, a, a good story from behind the scenes to tell. But, like, the nerve of bringing up the island and then not talking about some of the issues of the island or from that era of the show it just, it just had me, you know, wanting a little more, wanting them not maybe, you know, touch, you know, they poke these topics kind of, um, but they have no interest, it seems, in going deep into them. So in that case, you might as well not even interest them if you're not going to actually, like, do us the favor of going in and talking about them. So those are my real critiques. As for final thing, we'll say here just some hopes for episodes three, four, five, and six. Again, so far, first two episodes, loved it. Yes, I have those critiques that we've laid out, but that I had such a long list of positives and I feel like I'm going to for every single episode of this series. It's going to be a great time. It was a great time. It will continue to be. I hope you're watching and I hope you're liking it as well. Hopes for episode three, four, five, and six. Actual in-depth behind the scenes stuff. 
again, not even just what we just literally mentioned of like go deep on some of the hard topics, but more of the, you know, our, the thing was the, the, the elimination arena was washed out and we had to fix it in two days. That stuff, very, very fascinating and interesting to me. Not as much the like, just let's just relive these moments that we've already seen. The more behind the scenes unknown stuff, the better, the less reliving of things that we do already know about, the better. We can rewatch almost all of these seasons right now at home. So the reliving isn't as fun as the, you know, the unknown, the untold part of the stuff. Stick to the name of the show. I'm also looking forward to seeing who all they did talk to. Maybe Car Maria shows up. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe some others, you know, but you know, the way I got a huge smile out of seeing Landon, seeing Tyler pop up on my screen. Um, I'm I'm thinking that there's gonna be more moments like that. I'm hoping there's gonna be more moments like that. So I'm looking forward to seeing who all they did get to talk to for this and about what. Um, I hope they talk about handling this as you know it becomes a sport and how they handled like. Do we want that? How much do we want to accelerate that? Do we want it to just be this natural thing? Do we want to force it? How do we cast for that? I hope they talk about it becoming the sport and how how they kind of handled like this show becoming such a different, different thing from you know the first season to where we're at now and all the steps along the way. How they see the future of the show, the three branches of the show. I wonder if this will strictly be just MTV flagship version and they won't even really talk about it. There's a couple references to All-Stars there, so I think that's you know fair game, whether they'll mention All-Stars or the Challenge USA or any future versions of the show. Uh, we'll see, but I hope that they do You know, talk a little about like this is where we want to go with this. This is where we feel like we're at with this right now with these three branches. I'd love some of that. And then the final thing, Will they mention Survivor and or compare themselves in any way to Survivor or Big Brother or talk about the influences those other shows clearly had on it? I guess they, they kind of did when they mentioned the island. I believe they gave a reference at least to Survivor, but you know whether it's Inferno 1 clearly just being a Fear Factor ripoff or whether it is the island being a sur- literal Survivor ripoff or you know bringing more elements of these other shows in. You know Maybe it's... Uh, having their games stolen by from other shows or stealing games from other shows, designs for daily challenges, eliminations, things like that. I would love to hear a kind of comparison and how were they keeping tra- tabs on the other shows in the ecosystem? Were they just doing their own thing, staying separate because they were on MTV and all the other ones were on network? Who knows? But that those uh, those four or five things are kind of what my hopes are for three, four, five, and six. So with that, this is already way longer than I anticipated. I thought I'd talk for maybe 10 or 15 minutes about these two episodes of television. But as usual, you know how it goes with me. I've talked now for, what, 40 minutes or damn near close? My goodness. So with that, we'll get out of here. Uh, loved, if I could recap in one, one sentence, TJ Lavin is the man, and I've really enjoyed these first two episodes. That's what we've got so far. But also... Bring back Kara, please, and thank you. So with that, everyone, have a wonderful weekend. Thank you so much for being here this week on all the different shows. Again, Island Rewatch, uh, Dan Setzler interview last week, uh, You know, Challenge USA, full season review and awards, all that available for you to listen to right now if you have not checked it out already. If you've got comments on the Challenge doc, the first two episodes, or what you're hoping to see, let me know. DM me at challenge historian on Instagram or about any of these seasons we've been covering interviews we've done anything at all let me know if you want to chop it up about the challenge that's what I am here for and then again next week we've got dual two 
season 38 ride or dies full season preview that's going to be a big one get ready for that i've got every piece of info you're going to need heading into that season i'll have you prepared starting next wednesday and then challenge doc next wednesday night and final thing i didn't even mention it before earlier in the programming notes survivor survivor premiered and guess what it was great because survivor's great too and i will be talking about that in a few short hours from now with my good friend Paige. that will be on the most likely two podcast feeds so if you are watching Survivor, if you watched the premiere, it was a good one. Definitely, definitely make sure to check me and Paige out reviewing that. Those will be out, uh, I believe, Friday nights or Saturday mornings on the most likely to podcast feed. So with that, thank you all for being here. I look forward to talking to you again next week. Until then, have a great weekend. Peace.